Welcome to the Next Door Neighbors podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things neighborly. Here are your hosts, Alex and Irina Mazukin. How you doing? Cheers. Cheers. What happened to your finger? Oh, I cut it with a che- with a cheese grater. With a cheese grater? Oh. Or a grater. I was the grater in our shower. <laughs> no, that's a foot grater. <laughs> Different. Are, isn't the foot grater the same thing as a cheese mm-hmm. grater? Just different coarseness? You could probably use it. Yeah. Let's be you honest. You shouldn't have just bought it. Just use the same one. <laughs> just wash <laughs> Is it. Is that pretty gross for you? Um, I'm a little ticked off. Can I share why? Ooh. I'm a little fired up. Happy Friday. Yeah. For those of you listening, happy Monday. Uh, I'm fired up for two reasons. Uh-oh. I feel like I can already tell it's going to be an attack on me. No, you're not involved in this. Oh, okay. You're staying out of this one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you're good. What happened? Tell um, us. Two things. I First of all, yep. before you start, your hair is looking good. Do you like it? it it's really growing. Well, it, this this is a little bit of a disguise. And this it's is not. an encouragement for people to watch the YouTube video so you know. You got to watch it. And also zoom in. It's a little bit of a disguise. Be- it, yes, it's growing in for sure. You can tell. Yes, your hairline. The studs are coming in. The studs. <laughs> the studs are coming in. The It's a little bit deceiving because I'm parting it a different way therefore it kind of covers because this side right here the implant didn't take so well so i'm I'm parting it this way so i'm just being more strategic well maybe so but you can also just see your actual hairline yeah. is that like coming in yeah, yeah yeah the one that they created yeah the one yeah. they created for yeah, it's you coming in again a very wild thing that they're creating you a hairline yeah Got to uh, choose one. <laughs> yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you're new to the podcast, I got a hair transplant December of last year, and it is currently March or April, and it's n- just now we're starting to see. Took, took I was nervous bit. for. I, actually, I know you were. You were kind of discouraged. I was actually intentionally not trying to get my hopes up because my college roommate he lost a bunch of his hair after his transplant. But it grew in first, and it then grew in first, lost then it, it lost. So yeah. you know. But you were kind of discouraged for a little while because it, it, you felt like it was not even growing at all. And now right. you could tell it. I is. think even a month or two, I was like, well, it's two months. Like, how is it not grown in yet? You know, when you go get a haircut, that stuff's coming in. But uh, I think it's different when it's new hair, though. Like, yeah. take, for example, babies. Sometimes they don't even get hair till they're like two. Yeah. <laughs> so you just hair is diff- weird and different for everybody, probably. Yeah, it is. Uh, absolutely, it is. Uh, when you already have the hair growing, it probably grows faster when you cut it. I think my college roommate, and this is what my, my doctor was talking about that did the procedure. He was like, I don't know what happened with your roommate, but there's a good chance that he lost the hair that he had, but the implants stayed. And because there's he has more hair than the implants, then therefore the hair that he had, he was on the natural progression that it went away. Because he didn't get, obviously, implants everywhere. Correct, so. correct. Because the way I'm thinking about it, like, because again, I kept having like one eye open. By the way, also, what's very encouraging is I had probably up to 10 people DM me either asking me serious questions about hair transplant or people were like, I got it scheduled. How's yours going? Kind of thing. I'm nervous. Like, I'm excited. Yeah. And so it's a wild thing to hear how many people, because it's not something any guy wants to put themselves out there about. It's a vulnerable place to be in. And, uh, which I don't have any problems being vulnerable. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you, I'm going to look silly for a while, so I might as well address this. So, yeah. um, I think well, it's awkward to talk about it, though, sometimes. Yeah, but I am very optimistic now because if I'm seeing this hair growth, that means the, 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 
plugs or what are they called? The follicle that they implanted, the grafts, they got to a natural blood source and that natural blood source is essentially watering for it. Mm -hmm. So if it's growing, that means it took root. And if, hopefully it keeps growing. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I might... I might. I'm, I'm, we'll see what happens. Next. I have a, Are you wanting next, to do a little bit more? Well, what my guy told me, and I, we're not going to make a whole podcast because we already had this episode like mm -hmm. 20 episodes ago. Uh, what he said is... Actually, it was probably like five, but... What he said was it, your first initial one, 1,500 graphs, you're going to get to 60% of density and you're going to like it. And if you do the second procedure, which is only a fraction of the cost, you'll get to 80% density. And because, so that might be something you yeah. So think if about. if the cost is not whatever it was, and it's only a fraction, like he said, uh, I'll probably go in for a second one next year. And it seems like it wouldn't be as intense, too. Well, it. Didn't, I mean, who knows? I mean, it was not like it was that problematic of a procedure. It was more of the recovery that all this the fluid, the fluid rough, shifting yeah. down of all the stuff that they injected. So yeah. But anyway, le but let me go back to let's hear why, why you're ticked. And you said there's two things. Well, there's two things. Number one, I played a horrible round of golf. Today. Oh, That's no. They paired me with an older uh, three older couples that were friends. Then they're older. They're, they, they are older than me, but they're just like early retirement age. Like they're in their were they know, good? 60s. Uh, one guy was good. The rest were not. Now. I, I, I signed up as a single, so there's a strong chance that they're going to pair you up with somebody. That's totally fine. I was expecting that. They were all very lovely. I, I appreciated them. And seeing that they had a bunch of people who were bad, I was, op, you know, obviously more encouraged. I, the rest was on me. I made stupid rookie mistakes, and I didn't play a good round. So that's number one. I'm Toyota. I found out what I was doing, and then I fixed it, but I only fixed that part on, like, the seventh or eighth hole. So <laughs> that's on me. Second thing, and this is probably the most major thing why I'm TO today. I had my windshield cracked th four months ago with a giant, well, it's probably, it seems like a giant, but the, 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 it was probably like a quarter size rock that flew from a truck in a construction site. And it sounded like, and I felt like somebody shooting a, a gunshot at my was car. Was that loud? It was, was it your truck? It was my truck right in front. Like it was probably my trajectory is like my, where my forehead is. Huge, it looked like a baseball break on the middle of it. It was huge. It was scary. Cool. Went through insurance, got a new windshield placed on two months ago, was driving to go get a sofa from the consignment store for the garage and got a rock chip. And not 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 a big one. It's just a regular old classic rock chips. They're the size of a cup. Where penny. is it? Right in the middle of the, the windshield. <laughs> and it pisses me off because my windshield's like a month old. Oh, and man. on my way to this place, which is like a 30 minute drive, and on the way back, I was constantly intentionally avoiding big trucks, like loaders and stuff like that. Anybody was it calling. on the freeway? It was on the freeway. Intentionally, like that's when all the rock chips, chips happen. 100%. And I was intentionally being like, no, no, no. I got to get away from this, blah, blah, blah. They have a higher chance that I have a fresh windshield. And lo and behold, on my way back, boom, cracks straight down the middle. And he wasn't even carrying rocks. He just, it was just a big semi. Oh, that's Pissed annoying. Me pissed me off. You look pissed. My hair looks great, but I am pissed. Your hair looks great. Your eyes. You like him? You like my eyes? They're not, they're not baggy. <laughs> No, they look. You look refreshed, but they just look mad. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm I'm on the cool down right now. You got your coffee. I got my bourbon. 
Uh, oh, that's annoying. Midday. Yeah, it's so annoying. You're the like rock the chips are the worst too. Be- I can't say it. Rock chips, because it's like always in your peripheral. Like you can always see it when you're driving. It's not that for me, because it's it's one thing if it's like right in front of my eyes, but it's obviously on like in the center of the windshield, right? So yeah. it's like so it's to me. It's not I feel that like I, I always see it. To me, it's not that I notice it, but to me, it almost defiles a brand new thing. So like ima- yeah, imagine it's you, like unfair. Imagine you just bought a brand new couch. And you just set it up and you sat down and maybe you had like your car keys or something like that. And it scratched the leather couch. You would be pissed. Yeah. You wouldn't be pissed off if this happened five years from today. You're like, well, there's it's chances. Worn. Yeah. But when you just got it, you're like, this is pristine and fresh. And this happens. Mm. So like, could you compare it to like if you got like a new car with like new rims and then you like hit up curb? Oh, you mean what happened <laughs> two years ago with you when I bought you brand new rims? immediately and happens like and you did it to all four wheels somehow and somehow you blame it on me you're like because <laughs> here's, here's you every time and this is funny because this is totally relatable to like a lot of like couples like men and women is the this happens to everybody but with you and i wonder if everybody else reacts this way i go hun you scratch i remember the first time i was like you scratched your rim and you come out huh what that wasn't me. I never felt anything. I don't sh- know. And then you do this. You go, are you sure it wasn't you? <laughs> you always have to blame shift just in case that person goes, oh, you know up, what? You're right. I that grew wasn't up, me. I grew up around low profile wheels, right? So as a kid, as a teenager, it was all about like modifying your car and like whether you're going to get bumpers or like body kits or wheels. Usually wheels is what like almost every kid does. And so I've been around low profile wheels, which means you have a higher tendency to actually scuff them up against a curb. These are your first low profiles. You always drive SUVs and these have... Also, the big, this is the biggest SUV I've had. Right. but In my defense. That's fine. But these are your first low profile wheels. And it probably... I'm going to be generous and say it didn't take more than a month for that to happen to you. Yeah. The well, you know, and then it happened to the rest of the wheels. <laughs> I hit, and had then it, I had to even it out. Every side had and to get. And then you had a fractured rim that was losing air pressure. That's probably not on you. That's probably just hitting. No, a he told me yeah. it was just potholes. Yeah, because they're uh, low profile. Yeah, they're they're more fragile, which I actually didn't know that was the case. Yeah, he know? said it. it it's not uncommon and right. it will probably happen again. And I was like, Ugh. but then when we got the new rim, you scuffed the exact <laughs> rim. The same one. I mean, I had to break it in. If you know what I'm saying? Have a ball Also, match. I feel like this car always has something with the tires. It's, a, I mean, it's, it's not like the car's fault, but I feel like there's always something like I, we run over, we, you we, or me, who I'm knows? Not there. It could be you. Could be you. <laughs> Like, okay, I'll say run this. over a nail so or something. Nail like, that's is, not... is, I will take full responsibility for nails because I'm constantly dropping screws and nails yeah, in the garage. Uh, the last tire flat, you had a razor blade in there. That's probably <laughs> one of my razor blades. Yeah. That Because what ends up happening is when I'm working in the third bay, and even though there's a divider there, something. things would fall down. And then I'll try to like either sweep or leaf blow, and then that will slowly get pushed the yeah, other way. Yeah. How that got... like a razor blade lays flat like a utility knife razor blade lays flat on the ground so it must have had been like sticking out in one of those crevices Cracks. of the of the concrete 
and then, oh yeah yeah and yeah. then it like punctured it it was the wildest thing i was like a razor a razor blade. so screws Maybe and somebody all that stuff like came in and then now i, was, I have a nail in one of my other tires it's it's uh, i will take full it's just funny i just feel like and maybe that's right maybe because that's your workspace right. the third bay it's a net of it inevitable. was my workspace it was good segue it the garage looks huge people don't know what we're talking about right now i know well i'll get into it okay i walked into the garage today and i was like whoa like i have my garage back uh-huh. me but you're not parking because the gym equipment's still there. I know. Soon, right? Monday. Monday. Right? Okay. Monday. So yeah. mats are going on Monday. So we had to do um, a little. And when, obviously, when I say we, it's you're you. fine. You don't have to. You don't. Can have I to say park. we? Is it's, that okay? It's fine. It's people know the inside joke. Right? You're totally fine saying <laughs> we. Can we? Can we? Can it's I just fine. keep? I'm saying not going to pick on you for saying we. Go ahead. I just it just flows better, and then I feel like I'm involved, which I really like. So that's great. No, I'm happy to happy to involve you. <laughs> Thank you. For including me in your mm-hmm. adventure business. Mm-hmm. So we had to do a little detour because you were working on the boys' bath tub area, mm-hmm. shower bath, mm-hmm. and the tile wasn't showing up for a while. So you didn't want to just lollygag. I don't lollygag. You can't. You're not good at People it. People who know me know that I don't lollygag. If you know Alex, you know one thing. That guy doesn't lollygag. That guy does not lollygag. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. <laughs> it's facts no this is fact this is facts not feelings and that should be on a shirt mm-hmm. i don't lollygag <laughs> i don't lollygag so you moved right into the next project the next project which was uh converting my shop space into one side gym the other side golf simulator or like a man cave golf simulator thing yeah your fun fun space slash working out my space. fun space I get to do anything I want there, which is interesting because I thought that was the case with the bonus room where I was like, I want this dark and moody, which it is dark and moody. But I was like, I want these like wood tone dual fans because there's two fans that can come down, which I didn't get that. And then I was like, I want to put like oil paintings of like uh, George Washington with gold frames on it, like this like wood. And you're like, no. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Then I got a pool table, which you're totally fine with. And then I was like, I want a giant 80, what is it? 85 inch TV. Got it. I was like, I want recliners. You're like, no. So we have a sectional, which I like the sec- I like sectionals, but I kind of wanted this like man cavey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you with, didn't get it with the it's still got to be cute with the transition. Because we got the, 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 the project house, there's a garage in there that's in terrible condition, but I moved all of my, and nobody knows this. By the way, this is like premiere for I know, nobody who follow knows. my content. Is I just last weekend finished moving, or just this last week, finished moving all of my shop into a storage unit. Because uh, at the beginning of May, I'm going to be moving that all into the new garage of that house project. So I could, I could do all that stuff there. And so... It allowed for the space for us to create. And uh, my my third bay, and if you watch the videos there, the third bay is like a weird thing. It's like on the side of the house, not where the driveway is. So you have to kind of like walk, do, do a little walking on the sidewalk to get to it. But it's one of those drive-through third bays. So it's like a double third bay. Oh, it's okay. the size of a regular tur- uh, uh, third bay width-wise, but then it's, it's double the length, essentially. <clears throat> so you can drive through. If you have like a lawnmower, you can drive out there. Mm-hmm. I, it's whatever for me. 
Um, it's whatever for you. It's whatever for me. It's um, so that allowed for us to create a double space where before the golf simulator, you would park underneath it and then the gym equipment would be to the side of it and we kind of bring that out, work out, put it away. It was just like very tight. So, there was yeah. a lot going on. And, and then, then we got more gym equipment. We got a squat we, rack. Well, yes, we got more gym equipment and then I couldn't park. And you can say again. we on this one because you <laughs> you use the I do squat use rack. it. And you asked me, you were actually really nice and you said, hey, hun, if is it okay if I get this squat rack and a little mm -hmm. bit more equipment. I want to get a rower, squat rack, like a, what is it? The box jump thing. Ply box, yep. And then you said, just for a little bit until my third bay, we can clear it out. Mm -hmm. And which two I responded, sure, honey. You're a good sport about I love stuff you. like that. I, you know what? I, I will praise you for this because I think a lot of marriages don't have this. You are very easygoing to the point that you don't put up. It could be, right now it's, warmer weather and i warm up your car 95 percent of the you morning you do start my car before That's you really take the nice. boys to school but um you're very good about being chill and 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 being like yeah that's t like understanding right so it, I appreciate that about you. And that's why it motivates me to start your car in the morning because i was like well if she kind of gave up her parking spot for the simulator and the in the gym let me do this thing for her. So hats off to you for, oh, thank you. for being. Well, for being I think chill. also. It could be winter outside and you'd probably still say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Well, it's because I know like everything behind why. And then you also were really sweet and asked me like, can I do this? Versus just being like, hey, I bought this stuff. Sorry, you can't park in your garage. You know, yeah. that's kind of like inconsiderate. Yeah. But when you go, hey, is it, I want to do this. Are you okay with it? Right. It makes me want to say yes because yeah. you're you're approaching it in a very considerate, respectful way. And then on top of that, it's like I know that we you've been wanting this for a long time too, like this mm -hmm. this setup, this like gym setup, and I also use it too. And then on top of that, you I know that you're creating this whole like third bay workout space so mm -hmm. it's like it's temporary anyway yeah. and even if it wasn't i would still probably be fine with it i think what a lot because of because this is back and forth i think what a lot of marriages tend to have and i'm not generalizing but i'm only <laughs> assuming based off of some of the people that i dated before you is when somebody says hey can uh can i can you park outside for a little bit i'm gonna set the gym here and then move it later typically i think um a response might typically be is, well, I don't want my car to be cold in the morning. Mm -hmm. Right. And which you never asked, like you never, you never brought that problem up. I don't know if you didn't think about it or whatever. Maybe you're like, it's no big deal. I'll just like start it a few minutes early. But that's typically, I think the response from spouses is like countering them back with a, what is the solution to this problem then? Mm -hmm. and, then like, and then the guy would be like, about me. and then the guy would be like, well, I, I'll warm up your car every morning. She's like, and she would be like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, I think what's always worked in our marriage between you and I, I, I was actually thinking about this I think earlier this week is I think, Oh babe, you're thinking uh, about me. I think what it is, is we're both, I'm trying to process because I never really sat down and be like, okay, so what is like, if you're going to write it on a piece of paper, I think it's that we both we're we're for each other, not against each other. We're for making each other's lives easier, not mm -hmm. harder. Mm -hmm. 
and we're like it's like being on the same team i think we've talked about that before yeah. where you're you're teammate you're on the same team so right. you want yeah the best for that person versus being competitive or like jealous or whatever it is you know or thinking about only why don't they think about me or why don't they want the bet like how come he didn't even ask me this it's more like mm -hmm. well if we're on the same team if i am for you maybe you said something who can be against you who can be against you <laughs> even if you like you say something and it like kind of hurts me a lot of the times i i think it's just years obviously almost 11 years of marriage i've learned that because we have this kind of back and forth of like i don't know just also being respectful mm -hmm. to, to each other I always have this thought of like, well, like, think about it. Of all the th times, has he ever meant something like that or said it or in a way, like, has he ever meant that? What you're, whatever you're assuming or thinking, right? Mm. And then I go, well, no, like, he probably didn't even mean it that way. I'm just taking it that way. And so I always, I think for myself, I always think about that. Mm -hmm. Like, did he really mean it? Interesting. I, uh, you were, you have always been very good about having that healthy mindset. With me, I just recently started learning about this mindset or, or teaching myself how to have that kind of mindset. It's giving the people the benefit of the doubt. Right. And so with me, again, I've mentioned this in the last podcast, the book that I'm reading is, uh, is The Happiness Hypothesis. And the whole time he's using this correlation of like you and your thoughts, which we get in our in our brain when we... we hear see actions and reactions and are observing things we go why i can't believe he didn't say this i can't believe she didn't do that i can't believe they did this you know that was on purpose well me right and in the book he he kind of creates this like uh, analogy of your thoughts and you are two different components your thoughts are not you because we've all had those thoughts early in the morning that are positive or negative mm -hmm. uh, or late in the afternoon positive or, or negative uh, like you've been driving down a long road with a cliff to the side and there's a thought of like, now that you're suicidal, but you're like, what wonder, if I just swerved? Yeah, yeah. Not intentionally, but like swerved. I could do that and then we'd all be dead kind of thing. That's not you wishing that on anybody, but that idea Something processed else. through your head and that's, a dis that's not you. That's just an idea that your brain is firing the synapses. Hmm. So what that this book is, has helped me get to where you're at, where you're going. Has he ever meant anything negative towards me? Has he ever tried to be intentionally rude? Right? Like, has he tried? So this is helping me understand that when my brain is receiving information of intentional or unintentional verbals or nonverbals, uh, and it's analyzing it. Maybe it's something you didn't do, mm -hmm. not something you did, but something you didn't think of. And I was like, well, right. she didn't think of, this means a lot to me. And she, she, she should have known that means a lot to me and she didn't do it. Um, I, I, I started seeing this disconnect of, of me and my ideas. And in the book, the analogy is a writer writing an elephant because an elephant doesn't have uh, reins. Right. It can't just move it to the side, you know, by pulling in the reins. Mm -hmm. it, it can't just hit it on the side and it'll gallop like an elephant has its own ideas and you have your own ideas. So you have to almost like tame this elephant. So there are writers who are riding these elephants 
and they're doing but it's it's through a, a process of taming and there's a lot of 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 tools that it gives you in this book of how to tame it but long story short is i'm just now learning that in the early stages of of information getting into my brain where i feel um well hurt or upset about something you did or did not do i stop myself and go Everybody's wired differently. She's processing information differently. You're processing information differently. She doesn't mean to be any malice. There's, she doesn't have any malice and malicious intentions. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to be rude. She's not trying to be selfish. She's not trying to hurt you. You're just misinterpreting it. You know, just let this one slide. And if I catch that in the early stages of it and not suppress it, I'm, I, I'm getting better at it. And then you feel like, do you feel like it e- gets easier to do? Yes. Because what do you think the difference is? Like for me, I've always I've always kind of been that way where I don't hold a grudge. It's really easy for me to forgive people and that could be a negative thing too because people can walk all over me, right? And I think it comes from my people-pleasing side where I go, you know what? They didn't mean that, which is a good thing, but also it could be a negative thing. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think you're keeping one. I mean, I'll let you finish your thought, but I think you're keeping one. I think you're being pessimistic by going, it, this is a good attribute of being gracious towards people, but it could be a bad thing. I think it's a very pessimistic perspective. Not, well, I just mean like I've learned to also hold my ground because I feel like always letting, I mean, now obviously I, I like that that has always been part of my personality, but I almost felt like for a while because I was always saying yes and it's like, well, that person's right. I was wrong. It's almost like I didn't have a voice Mm -hmm. myself and I didn't even know what I wanted or what I was or what my voice was. It's like, do I even have my own opinions or do I always agree with other people? So I think that's where it could be kind of a negative thing because that's what something I've been learning, I think, in the last like three years three years maybe is well i i want my own voice i don't want to always disagree with other people i want to have my own opinions you know of things mm-hmm. um so that's what i mean by like it could kind of go both ways but in general when you're having a conversation with somebody or you're arguing it is good to have that kind of mindset but my question was <laughs> to go back to my question how what so obviously there's different people it took you a little bit longer to get there is do you think that's just personality of why it took me longer yeah i think i just wasn't given the information like i think i i think you but i wasn't either i think that was right but i but i think that the same way as a female is wired differently than a male meaning like a male Mm -hmm. has certain priorities and a female has different priorities equal but different i think the same way as when you see, oh, that person's easygoing or that person's hard-headed. That's another nature, nurture, upbringing that, that the wiring in the brain happened. Right. So here's an example. My dad was very short-tempered. Then my brother inherited that gene and through that nurture, it was exposed to that short-temperedness, right? Mm-hmm. I was not short-tempered. I was not really short-tempered when you and I were married but I had different attributes of short-temperedness with our boys where I would shout very loudly, aggressively, like, boys, 
you know, to catch their attention mm-hmm. and they kind of mm-hmm. get startled. And that is a, a portion of that. Mm. So it's, it's the wiring of your brain through your upbringing that kind of creates that way. So I don't think everybody is born short-tempered. I don't think everybody is born being gracious. I think you can't blame it all on just personality. Through your nurturing of your upbringing, you're like, well, my dad never really yelled. My mom never really yelled. And so therefore you have a higher tendency to be patient. And Mm -hmm. people that are patient have a higher tendency to be listening and understanding more. So when somebody was raised in a lot more chaos, shouting, yelling, short-tempered, short-fused, they have a higher tendency to be uh, you know, quick to response and not process that information. So, and I'm seeing my uncles. My uncles are the same exact way, very short-tempered, very quick to shout, very quick to yell. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was like, because of this book that I'm reading in, in the last Makes year. Makes kind of process. Of the last your... year of like, you know, under studying more and more, reading more and more literature about the brain and how the brain works and, and what it does and how the circuitry can be just jacked up through, through your upbringing. I think out of that genetic lining, I might not to like, you know, fluff me up or anything. I feel like this is just now where the buck is starting to stop. Starting to stop. Right. So it's like, I'm not saying the buck stopped. I'm just saying like through my process of growth, I was like the, the buck is slowly stopping this, this short tempered cycle of genetic, uh, you know, uh, line. Of I think people. you stopped the cycle for sure. Well, I mean, I could also screw it up. Like, I mean, there's, but uh, you're aware of correct. it and you're, it's like something you're working on every day. And so I don't think you, I mean, we could always mess <laughs> the cycle up. Correct. But the fact that you're aware that there was this like pattern and you're trying to break it. Yes. Is like a, a great thing. Right. You know? So like so, my entire upbringing, the word, nobody has, any of my uncles and my grandparents have, and my great grandparents have never uttered the words of I'm sorry to their kids. Mm-hmm. Till this day, they haven't. So did your parents tell you no, they loved never, you? No. Mom my mom, yeah, yeah. My mom did. My mom still calls me and says, Love you. Mm-hmm. Uh my dad, no. You know. Mm-hmm. So so to be able to tell my kids I'm sorry for what I did, like, you know, pushing discipline too far or, or being too too harsh with them. Mm-hmm. Uh to, or just being wrong. To show them and saying, Hey, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That that is the first time in the cycle of behavior in our lineage that that has ever happened mm-hmm. in my you know extended family yeah that's crazy and intermediate family so so yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a growing thing so when you say like nobody had to teach you but because you're nurturing didn't have to call for you to join there's a reason why my my, my brother is not having kids is because He's like, I, he said that he's like, I'm not having kids because, you know, he's close to 40 now. He's like, I'm not having kids because I saw how much stress was put on, on, on our parents. And that's rightfully so, but that's a person who's saying like, I'm just going to avoid growth. And mm-hmm. maybe he's not looking at his growth because I didn't look at his growth before mm-hmm. having kids. It, it just growth is something that I started understanding through it. But yeah, I, I had to be taught and I had to be given resources to help understand the brain and how to do it, you know? Right. You have to like also want to grow and change and learn. Well, yeah. You, you it, have to, like reading the resources and stuff. You 
that's something you you're, you actually have to want to do. do take I, that step. You and I have had this conversation, I think, a couple of months ago, where I think the greatest attribute a human being can have to be healthy is being introspective. Mm-hmm. I think when you're introspective, it allows for you to see cause and effect constantly, whether it's food, whether it's actions, whether it's emotions, whether it's thoughts. And so at a young age, when you're not taught that of how to be introspective, you end up being around people who accept you and invite you and you call them family as in terms of friends. And later on, through other people's perspective on it, they look at it as those are toxic people, but you don't recognize them as toxic mm-hmm. people. So you're not seeing the negativity on it. The food that you eat, if you're not going, I ate that, it made me feel that, I need to change something, you're not being introspective. If you are, you know, have a, a pattern of behavior that has a negative consequence to it, where your kids are afraid of you, then you have to be introspective enough to catch that. So being introspective is a huge, one of the top things in order to have a quality life. To To constantly keep growing and being your best I think the people who are not introspective are the people who are not interested in growth. Yeah. Right? So if you are into uh, fitness, Mm -hmm. you're being introspective from the perspective of like observing what role food exercises play and you're constantly seeing growth you have to be the same you have to have the same level of introspection on your patterns of behavior uh in order to see the same level of growth right so well i feel like we're coming across as like we're the perfect people the perfect no we're not but i am the most jacked well that's what i want to get to what do we like fight about me. What would you say? <laughs> well, what would you say? Like, I feel like it's never the same thing. It's not like we always have this reoccurring like argument or fight or anything. But I'm trying to remember, think back. Okay, what was our last argument or fight? Actually, I can remember. I was in it was Florida. Florida. Yeah. And usually, I will say. And 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 I'll say right now. That whole thing was on me because of the way my brain was processing information. That's what I mean. It's like when you when you think back on arguments or fights that you've had, sometimes it's so funny to look back because you're like, why did that even start? That's such a silly thing or like, but, the, but you also understand that it was also circumstances that caused that, right? Right. Like it, for you, uh, we'll go back when we were in Florida, you got upset. Let me think. What was it? So it was, I had, I was under the impression. It was like day two. I was under the impression that this is a vocation for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if it's a vocation for everybody. Vocation. Vocation. Everybody <laughs> should be able to be able to unwind and have their tank refilled. Right. And I've been under to what I think in my perspective of uh, quite a bit of stress with wrapping things up here and right. starting the new project, I was anxious to get uh, a, 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 a recharge. But then when it's a family vacation, that's not really a thing for you to recharge. It's not for you. It's for them. Yeah. Now that idea only started coming to me later after this whole blow up between you and I happened where after me pro- explaining to you the way I'm processing this and hearing it from your perspective, then at that point I was like, okay, this is not for me. This is for everybody or for them essentially. 
but you could also have some time to be able to recharge. Exactly. So I think we kind of, a lot of, I, I feel like a lot of our arguments or fights, which I, I'm sure people can relate to this, start from a misunderstanding or just a miscommunication and coming from different like mindsets and perspectives, right? Right. Like for us, my I knew you're going to vacate you're going on a vacation with your family. You're not really going on vacation. You're not like, going to be resting. You're going to be doing things because it's for the kids. You want like some fun memories for them. And from for from your perspective, it was I want to go and like relax and do nothing. Right. That's kind of well, I, I need to not even relax yeah. and do nothing. I need to go and be able to have time unwind, to yeah. unwind. And so and then come back and hit the work hard. Again. Exactly. And you needed that. And I think for me, I just didn't even realize that you you definitely needed a, at least like a day or a time slot of just unwinding. And we went right into like going to the pool, going to the beach, doing all this stuff with the kids. And then, you know, it's windy outside and we're trying to get a table and we're moving like three tables because it's cold and the kids are standing by me and wanting to switch spots and you were just getting irritated. Yeah. And that's kind of where it blew up is, uh, and then I was like, it's fine, we're fine. Like we got a table and by then you were just already like. Yeah, because then at that point I was like, I'm not appreciated. So like what ends up happening is you become the victim. You well, you paint yourself the victim. Yes. Yeah. Because again, your brain is processing information and interpreting in a certain way and seeing a pattern of certain things and you go if because of this, therefore this is happening and woe me. Yes. So the amygdala from a, a, a book I read is the part of the brain that tends to be a storytelling part of the brain. It creates its own narratives. And so when something happens, it says you need about you have to <coughs> Uh, ha have like a huddle when like let's say a traumatic event happened and this usually happens like when I used to work at the hospital when somebody comes in and you're resuscitating that person and they pass away and you're part of that team who was actively trying to resuscitate whatever role your, your job was they do a debriefing afterwards where people are processing their emotions in the midst of it so they're not going home and suppressing it and then months later they that did something to their wiring mm -hmm. where they have this cold understanding of life dark understanding of death you know this whole thing and so you kind of process your emotions and in the book they were saying that it takes usually 90 days if you within 90 days you don't have a debriefing and processing that information your amygdala starts creating its own story its own narrative that's why it ma makes it a bigger story than it was that's or why when children have a rough upbringing where broken homes um a lot of arguing a lot of fighting uh and they they grow up into their teenagers or adulthood the amygdala has now created this narrative that sometimes it's either not as bad as it was or it's not Worse. as horrible as it was oh. or, or as not as good as it was you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. those story is either better Two or extremes. worse than what they, yeah. that it was that's why someone you and i've had this you know we we uh, when we were um in uh where were we? greece you know we had you and i had really great conversation and then it brought up some childhood stories and you remembered a repressed memory yeah that was weird and so that what ends up happening is your amygdala went it wasn't that bad 
and, and then, then as you you're processing and you go that was terrible yeah you know what i mean yeah especially as an adult with a different exactly. perspective and you've had all these experiences and you're like whoa that was not okay yes exactly and so that needs to process that so one of the greatest things that I think anybody could ever take away that I am very happy that I just recently learned in this book is that when you can view each individual people as a completely different species of wiring than you. Mm -hmm. An example would be the way a male is wired and the way a female is wired. A male is wired where the guys are for, for majority of evolutionary behavior is we need to have a job that they can provide for our family provide good money we need to have uh, somebody who respects us and we need to have uh, sexual and uh, sexual experiences right so those are like three things there that is like through traditionally thousands of years of evolution yeah. or millions of years of evolution that was bad women have a different approach where women is like the sexuality is not really there it's more of an emotional connection it's about feelings it's about you know what I mean like mm -hmm. a connection and you could you could speak more yeah. about yeah. this and so those are two different driven things, estrogen and testosterone, right? Yes. Um, therefore, if you view that big of a difference between males and females, where that if you apply the same approach to person to person, even if the sex, same sex uh, uh, relationships like friendships, where Kyle and I are completely two different wired people. If you view it as we're just totally different people, Yes, we have commonalities. We appreciate technology. We appreciate the art of storytelling. We appreciate growth. We appreciate our families. We have a, adventure. We, 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 we have similarities. But the way he processes information and I process information are two different ways. Mm -hmm. I might say something and I was like, oh, man, that was rude. But he didn't receive that maybe as rude, right? So if it's two different, completely different wiring mechanisms of the brain, if you can just approach that to every individual relationship that you have, you become a little bit more gracious towards that mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Where if they said something, you go, they probably didn't mean it. Oh, they probably misunderstood what I said. Oh, I yeah. probably came off weird. Yeah. That's why we do this thing where you'll have a conversation with somebody. Like my, my friend Tyler and I were golfing last week at Top Golf, and um, just me and him. Uh, Tyler's a fantastic person, very gracious, very nice people. And um, he has type uh, 1 diabetes. No, mm -hmm. not type 1. No, he, hypo, hypoglycemia, right? Okay. So he has to moderate his sugars. But food, different carbohydrates, have that plays a huge impact on when carbs get broken down, they get broken down in sugars and stuff right. like that. And so he's a very skinny but tall guy. Uh, and he's eating a burger with no bun on it. And usually you see that from a person who's trying to lose weight. Tyler's not a person who's, who visually looks like they need to lose weight. And I asked him, I said, uh, oh, no bun. He did a lettuce wrap. I was like, is that, uh, is, is that because uh, of the, the hypoglycemia, like to moderate sugars? And his response was, no, uh, bread's bad for you, mm -hmm. right? Which I, I heard it and I was like, oh, Amen to that. I agree to that. Every time I eat a loaf of uh, a piece of bread, like I get bloated, I get tired, I right. sleep horrible. Perfect. Like I received it as a, a, a truly agreeable statement. Yeah. And then not more than a minute and a half later, he corrected himself. He's like, I didn't mean to like judge you because I, I was eating a burger. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I didn't mean to judge you. He's like, he's like, I, I just think I just, uh, 
you know, I know bread has a lot of carbs in it and it's so hard to work off those carbs if you're not working out a lot. So I'm just trying to be healthy Conscious, through that. Yeah. I'm not judging you for it. And I was like, no, no, no. I didn't even read into it that way. Yeah. I totally but agree with you. That's, realized... that's a great example of two people sending and receiving information completely differently. Yes. And if that happens in the same species, imagine what happens in different species like yes. males and females, right? Yeah. So, or different sexes, not species. So it's no wonder we don't fight more. Right. And so, <laughs> If you kind of look at every time somebody says something and you misread it, if you don't push it off, but in the infancy stages of that information, when you just recognize, oh, that was kind of weird or rude. Weird is a great example. You go, that was a little weird. If you just jump to a place from there straight to, they're just wired differently. Mm -hmm. I'm wired differently. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they didn't mean it. When or you just do address that, it, like ask. Are you gonna, yeah, you can process just, it. Yeah. That? You can Sometimes you don't need to. It just depends yeah. on the situation, yeah. but there's been times where I feel like I maybe need to ask, like, yeah, did you, what did you mean by that? Or correct, that's a great you, way like, of explain, saying it. Yeah. yeah. Or there's other times where I'm like, yeah, eh, you didn't even mean it. Like, so what's I'm actually weird? Very fascinating to me is the fact that with the internet that we have right now, is and 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 music and media and and television and and shows, or, or all the content on on YouTube, and I could only speak to the YouTube content. It's how vastly different information is being gathered and perceived that it's so fascinating that if we're wired so differently that we can have a commonality in content that we consume. Mm -hmm. That's what's interesting to me. It is. Is that we have an agreeable, maybe even storylining where there's a, a typical story has a three-part narrative, right? The kind of, remind me if you, if you remember, it's a conflict, climax, yeah, conflict, climax, resolution. No, no. Uh, climax build and up, conflict. Build up climax resolution, right? Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. Is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't remember if it's conflict climax or is it? No. Conflict and climax are the same thing, right? Same. Right. So build up climax resolution or build up climax or conflict resolution. It's basically the same thing. And Just think about it in a What's weird is that we sense. consume <laughs> stories the same way, but we consume information completely differently. So we'll all watch... Uh, uh, Inception, very complex movie to watch, right? A dream within the dream. And we all have the same opinions of it. Whether it's different if it's like, I liked it, I didn't like it, but we all agree on the same storyline. But what we don't it's agree... the way it's presented. Yeah, but what we don't agree is in the same way information is being processed mm -hmm. day to day. That's what's interesting to me. It is very interesting. I feel like with movies they really make sure there's that storyline and the arc and that resolution right mm -hmm. i think with information sometimes you don't have that right you either have just a conflict or just a build-up or just like nothing you know so it's like but you know what i think it is i think when it's a third person or a third party which is a movie or a show or a youtube video yeah. that's presenting this three-part narrative that's an outsider that you have no opinion but to agree on. And you have no that. like emotional connection. Well, you can, but you know what I mean? Well, there's an emotional connection, but there's there's a third party who's being the judge and the displayer, right? Right. And peer-to-peer -peer communication, everybody is almost independent where... I say my story to you of how I interpreted that inf uh, that that uh, interaction, 
And then you go, no, 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 that's not how that happened. That's not what you said. And then you give me back the information. And now we have this disconnection of, that's why people, couples go to counseling because they need to have this third party person who is the referee and be like, no, 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 hear them out first. Okay, did that, did they actually say those words? And that person goes, yes, yes or no, right? Well, actually it wasn't, I didn't say those words per se, but what I meant was, so then you have to have a correction of a storyline. So I think that's when people fight. I think there's two different storylines of two different wirings of the brain that are being processed for two different people. But when we consume information via shows or TV, that is almost like the authority where it's like, no, no, no there's no, there's yeah. no con conversation to be had about what the story is. Humpty Dumpty went up the hill. This is the story. Or up the wall. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty There's no fell. variation. Exactly. Like the group of 200 people in the movie theater that are watching this see the same story. So when people go to counseling, they need somebody to put the story on the table for you to step away and be like, oh shit, my amygdala wrote a different story when it was receiving that information. Mm, yeah. And it almost makes you, like I think when a lot of times when you're fighting, all you can think about is like, I want my voice to be heard. I need to say something. You almost don't even listen to what the person's saying. Nope. But when you have that referee there, you ha you're forced to listen to what that person's saying first before you respond. Yep. We, we tend to, I think, when we're fighting, respond before we, or react. Right. Instead of respond. Because we, we always want to, we're always the, right. the victim of mm -hmm. every situation. Yeah. And you want to be right. Wronged. Yeah, you feel like you're wronged. You want to be right. So in our, going back to our fight, like you were pissed off. We came, we came back to the house. Anyway, it didn't, it probably wasn't until the next day where we talked about it. Mm -hmm. And I, it took me realizing like, wait a second, you need like, you need some time to yourself. And so that I need a vacation. Yeah, you need a vacation. Even if it's that's just like taking I went to day. sushi by myself for an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> brought my iPad got some sushi got some sake yeah came that home, was later was great yeah but it took like me realizing that and so then I went to you and I was like hey you should go golfing tomorrow yeah and you're like and I, I was like yeah. no but you know it's funny you said like I don't know but then like you came back in the room and I go I, I think that was a great idea yeah <laughs> I know you're like I think I should go golfing. and I came back I was so lively yes because you needed that you needed some time just to be doing unwinding whatever it looks like for you right and even if that was that was like what four hours, yeah, you came back so happy and you're like you were so right. I just needed like a little bit of time, and then because that like filled up your cup, you felt so bad for getting mad. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and it was it was so cute because you're like I'm so sorry. That was like I was so wrong and you were it's like somebody who haven't had carbs and they're starving and you're like remember the old car eat, commercial yeah. here has a snickers <laughs> yeah and you hungry go, oh, i'm nice you're not you when you're hungry <laughs> yeah that's exactly the case that's you you're just hungry for some yeah well meantime the, the human human brain is a very interesting delicate thing it's crazy also what you can convince yourself of a it could be percent. completely the biggest lie but if you tell yourself that enough over times and over, over yeah. and over you will believe it yeah. it's insane a hundred percent i started understanding that about dreams and we can have a whole different full conversation oh about yeah dreams, dreams is another I'll, I'll save i'll save it for later because i've been really examining and studying dreams and the dreams i've realized are i've been having the most vivid the most wildest the most adventurous dreams of my life 
like last night I had three dreams. One of them was I somebody rescued a giraffe <laughs> and they said, I have to take care of it. And that giraffe became almost like Harper, like a child to me. <laughs> That I was, so I was holding the giraffe's hand as we're going for a walk. <laughs> How do you hold a giraffe's hand when you're going for a walk? In a dream, you can. But it was what so. What was the giraffe's vivid. name? I don't remember, but I remember, like, <laughs> it, and, and the giraffe have, had babies, and I was raising. You know, it was just this wildest we thing. Grandfather. So to 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 sum it all up, you can never trust your brain, and your brain is AI. AI, if you went on chat GPT or online where you type in, give me an image of a, uh, an astronaut riding a unicorn and chat GPT will use every bit of information on the internet and compile an image that's a very original based off of what the information on the internet shows, what an astronaut looks like, what a unicorn yeah. looks like, and what does it look like when somebody is riding a, a unicorn or, or a horse and compile an original image, not a replica of somebody else, but an yeah. original image, I started understanding that your brain is the same thing when it comes to sleeping and, and, and dreams, where it there's so many times I've had these dreams where I have the scenery in this backdrop. I was like, I've never seen this in the movie. This is not from Jumanji. This is not from Jurassic Park. This is not from, from Jurassic World. And then there's this crazy storyline in the scenery, and you're like, I've never seen this. How is it that I'm seeing this in my dream? Because your brain, just like ChatGPT, has yep. had this plethora of information and data that's been like what safaris look like, what Hawaii looks like. And then it morphs something together. Yep. And then it created its own story while yeah. you were sleeping. So if it's that complex of processing information, how much more complex is it processing somebody else's information in, in a communication? Yeah. And trying to use words to relay what we're like thinking yes. and feeling. <laughs> yes. Wild. What a simple conversation today. Wow. wow. We, went, a... we went very surface level for you yeah. guys today. Hope you, you enjoy it. If you guys were wondering, like, what's it like hanging out with Alex and Irina? Well, this, this is, is it. This, <laughs> this is, is a it. daily conversation with us. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Hope you're watching us on YouTube. Rate and review anywhere you're doing this so it helps push this podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.